This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, made the trip up to Clemson today, and uh, the Tigers and the Gamecocks getting ready for their big showdown coming up on Saturday at Death Valley. Had a lot of time to think about. Stand by. We must change something very quickly. We have a microphone malfunction that happens uh, every so often. Microphones, you can't touch these microphones. can't hardly breathe on them without them freaking out on you. But nice job, Pat. That was a fumble at the two-yard line recovered by the wide receiver, saving his tailback from a turnover. So made the trip up to Clemson. I was just doing the math with Pat, or Pat was doing the math in his head. I gave him the figures. I'm thinking that's about 900 round trips to Clemson in my career. On average, about 25 a year for all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, firings, hirings. Over about 38, I rounded it off to 35, 38 years. That's about 900 plus round trips to Clemson. And you know what? It never gets closer. 130, 132 miles up, 132 miles back, I think is pretty much how it, uh, how it works. And by the way, I'll remind you, the traffic is already messy out there. It was messy getting back into Columbia. You're making plans to go up there. On Saturday, I'd leave Thursday afternoon or Friday. All the construction on 26 coming out of Columbia, that doesn't help. And then just the flow of traffic and the the number of people on the road is going to back it up. So keep that in mind as you make plans to get up there. The first thing they said today at the press conference up at Clemson was come early, 12 o'clock kickoff, sellout, everybody kind of arriving around the same time. Yeah, and be patient. Work with the highway patrol and try not to have a fender bender and tie everybody else up. Okay, just be patient if you can. So looking forward to it, though, and tonight we'll hear from the two head coaches. We'll go with Dabo Sweeney first. He's the home coach. We'll bring that to you. Bottom of this hour, top of the next hour, we'll bring you some Shane Beamer as he looks forward to going up to Clemson as a head coach for the first time. South Carolina seeking to snap the seven-game Losing streak, Clemson looking to go to an eight-game winning streak over the Gamecocks, be the first one in the series to reach an eight-game winning streak. Tigers have won 72 games in this series. They've beaten the Gamecocks more than any other team they've ever played, Wake Forest being next in line at 70. And I tell you, I gave it a lot of thought. I had about four hours round trip driving to think. I'm not ready to deliver the prophecy yet. Still working on it. But, you know, South Carolina really gave everybody something to think about. You know, if they had just gotten blown out by Tennessee like they did Florida, this would be a very easy pick, I think. Or maybe in some people's minds it is an easy pick because they look at the South Carolina-Tennessee thing as just a a one-hit wonder. You know, it just happened. Everything 
went the Gamecocks way that night in terms of their performance. They played great. They really did. You can't take anything away from them. They played great. Can they repeat that? That's the question. Do you believe they can repeat it? Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. See, I think we pretty much know what we're going to get from Clemson, right? Would you agree? I think we pretty much know what you're going to get from Clemson. You're going to get Uyangale running the football. You're going to get you're going to get uh, a lot of screen passes. You're going to get some deep shots. You're going to get a lot of Shipley. Shipley to the outside, Shipley up the middle. You're going to see a couple of different running backs in there behind him as well. Then you're going to get a uh, a smothering defense. That's what you're going to get from Clemson. You kind of know that. But South Carolina, about the only thing that you do know is you're going to get some special teams plays. And they're going to make you think on special teams. They're not going to let you take special teams for granted. Gamecocks might block a punt. They might return a kickoff. That's what they've done all season long. So, but the offense and defense, you don't know what you're going to get from South Carolina in this ballgame because they've been so up and down. You know, I mean, they were awful against Florida. They were great against Tennessee. They were, you know, good enough against Texas A&M. They were awful against Missouri. They were good enough against Vanderbilt. Uh, so it's it's been, you know, that kind of year for the Gamecocks to this point. Up, down, up, down. It's like I said last night. Was Tennessee, was Tennessee a one-off or is it a standard now for South Carolina uh, to play uh, to that standard? A couple of notes out of Clemson. And Pat was over at USC, and he'll give us a couple of notes there. And then we want to take your phone calls. 888-898-2525 is the phone number. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk. If you couldn't get through last night, we can get you through tonight. So go ahead and join us. We want to get more of your predictions in, and we'll take as many phone calls as we can get to, and we'll get to phone calls early here tonight. So go ahead and ring us up. 888 2525 is the number. But out of Clemson, you know, the news is good on the health front. As you know, Marcus Tate is done for the year, the starting left guard. He got hurt in the Miami game. as a kneecap thing, and so he's out for the rest of the year. Bo Collins is going to play. Bo Collins is ready to go, according to Dabo Sweeney. He will be back. He will be ready to play. And otherwise... You know, those who are out are out. They're not coming back. Otherwise, uh, they're in good shape health-wise for this game against South Carolina. Brian Bressy will be back. He had strep throat last week, couldn't play against Miami. He will be back. So, Tigers will be as healthy as they can be. Uh, losing a starting left guard is not good. You know, that that hurts. But um, the replacement, big guy, left guard, name escapes me, Pat. Help me out. You remember off the top of your head, starting left guard now, who replaced him? Oh, Tip awesome. of my tongue, it's right there. I'll bring up the depth chart here just to complete the thought. He played pretty well. I think they are they're happy with his performance, and they feel like uh, he will do a good job in there at left guard. And my goodness, what is the depth chart? No, 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 no. I'm sitting here looking at the depth chart, looking at the wrong spot. No, no, no. Where is? Here it is. Um, left guard, left guard, Clemson, left guard. Um, 
not Mitch. It was uh, um, well, hmm. He's not on the Clemson depth chart, but he's the guy they put in. Not on the official depth chart. Let me look at my depth chart because I go a little deeper with players. Uh, let's see here. Give me just a second. So Marcus Tate was the one who was injured, and it was um, um, uh, Mitchell Mays. Ah, Mitchell Mays is the one who went in left guard to replace uh, Marcus Tate and played pretty well, from what I understand. Colin Sadler is another one, but they're trying to hold him out. They're trying to save his redshirt year, and uh, so I don't think you'll you'll see him play um, in, in this situation, according to Dabo Sweeney. So Mitchell Mays will be the guy going in there at left guard in place of, of Marcus Tate. So that's the one, the one thing with Clemson. And South Carolina, of course, they are hoping to get both of their running backs back. They practiced today, and Shane Beamer said they'll see how they feel tomorrow. But, uh, Pat, you were there. I kind of got the feeling just I listened to some of the press conference as well. And I kind of got the feeling that Beamer is optimistic, legitimately. You know, he says all the time a guy might play and the guy doesn't play. I get the feeling legitimately this time there's a pretty good chance these two guys will be ready to go and be in that backfield on Saturday. Yeah, and you're stealing my thunder there a little bit, Corn. Um, but, yeah, uh, he seemed very hopeful that both Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Beal Smith would be able to play this weekend. They both practiced today. Uh, he said that they both told him face-to-face that they will not miss this game this weekend. So it sounds like they're doing everything in their power to be available to play. I certainly wouldn't expect Beamer to put them out there if, if they're not, but, uh, but it does sound like they are at the very least trending in the right direction to contribute uh, Saturday. Very early in the press conference, Coach Beamer said that he wanted to stop talking about the Tennessee game. Of course, we all then were asking him questions about the Tennessee game, but he wanted to move on, and the reason he said so was he felt that last year they had a win over Auburn right before the Clemson game and then kind of patted themselves on the back a little bit too much. He thinks that they did not do a very good job of moving forward past that game, and instead they just kind of took the rat poison, to, to borrow a quote from Nick Saban, mm-hmm. and as opposed to looking ahead and preparing mentally and physically, uh, strategically for Clemson. And then, of course, we all saw what ended up happening on the field with that 30 to nothing uh, victory by the Tigers. Uh, Coach Beamer also said that this past Saturday, he didn't. He was asked about what exactly happened. What was the magical difference? And he said he couldn't really point to one thing. They didn't. They didn't reinvent the wheel Saturday, but instead he felt as though the coaches and the players both were all just executed better. It's just that they were doing the same things they've been doing. They just simply did a much better job at them. Uh, he did say one thing though that Satterfield and the offense did shrink the playbook. He thought that it may have been the simplest or smallest game plan of the season and that execution was the key. He was also asked about how they prepare for DJ Uyunglele, especially now that we've seen DJ running as much as he has. Last week, of course, uh, having a, a career high, 89, 89, carry, or sorry, sorry, 89 yards on the ground. Um, he said that they've, they've prepared for that with playing against big quarterbacks in the SEC, like K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, Anthony Richardson at Florida. Of course, Richardson kind of ran all over him. Jefferson, they did lose to Arkansas, but somewhat kept him in check that game. Um, and then I, I asked him about how how exactly they, they plan against or if it factors into their defensive game plan with the fact that Clemson has had 10 fumbles in the last three games. They lost six of those, and they've had 12 turnovers overall. 
in their in their last four games, and and just whether that kind of factors in. And he said like, yes, absolutely. They look at which ball carriers or receivers carry the ball loosely, how, when, and why they fumble, and then looks to kind of replicate that in practice. Whether it's a matter of swiping the ball or trying to punch the ball out, or if they have it in particular in their left hand, right hand, whatever. And he thought that this game may end up coming down to the turnover differential, which for Clemson fans out there, close your ears, but y'all are now negative one on mm. the season after having a sizable lead through eight games, or excuse me, through seven games. These last four have not been friendly to the Tigers. They've been putting the, gr- uh, the ball on the ground quite a bit. Could be even worse than it was, but they've done a good job of recovering a lot of those fumbles. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Shane Beamer's doing his call-in show tonight. He just said pretty much the same thing, Marshawn Lloyd. Christian Bill Smith, both active this week, but not 100%. So pretty much what he said earlier today outside of that, no other news coming out of that at this particular time. So we'll hit the break, and when we come back, we'll dive into your phone calls. What are your thoughts? Give us your picks. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number as we come to you from the Dave and Buster Studio here in Columbia since 2002. More than $999 million in lottery proceeds have been used to support K-12 programs in South Carolina. Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at seducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. As I mentioned, we're at the Dave and Buster studio here in Columbia. Friday, we'll be at Dave and Buster's in Greenville on Woodruff Road. Come by and say hello. Have a drink with us, have uh, something to eat, play some of the great uh, arcade games that they have inside, and just have a great time watching games on television. Of course, we'll have some major games being uh, played, major rivalry games being played on Friday. And so we look forward to being at the Dave and Busters up in Greenville. Of course, they are located in Greenville on Woodruff Road. They're also in Columbia on Columbiana Circle and in Myrtle Beach at Broadway at the Beach. All right. While you're having a problem with that, why don't we go ahead and take the phone calls? And uh, you can get the computer to work while we take phone calls. How about that? Does that work? If that works, we'll do that. I have two hands, Phil, so I'm trying to talk to you, build the commercials, and answer phones. Give, give me one second. Okay. So which one do you want to do first? You tell me. Just keep babbling for a second so I can catch up real quick. Well, I really don't consider my commentary to be babble, but I will continue to talk and, uh, and fill time. That's a better way to put it, I guess fill time, and um, we'll have a, a full recruiting report coming for you as well in the uh, second hour. Had to had to cram it in last night, waited too long to get to it. I had to cram it in last night, so we will get to that, um, we will get to that uh, tonight and have plenty of time to share it with you. Uh, also, I want to mention that tomorrow morning, I'll be in Florence with our affiliates in Florence with the bad boy of radio, Alan Smothers, and Ken Ard, Dave Baker, and all of them. It's their annual USC Clemson morning marathon, I guess we would call it. Four hours of USC Clemson breakdown. And I'll be a part of it. See you then. Be right back. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, 
and build South Carolina pride community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues, some other business causes your business to lose money, jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job, jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists, for tires bigger than your grandma's house, for 3D printing research, for artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery, for funding scholarships, for funding grants, for funding innovation in this state. Thank you, the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at ExperienceColumbiaSC.com. All right, back we are with you here on USC Clemson, Clemson USC Week, the Palmetto Bowl in South Carolina for 2022. Phil Cornblue, Pat Daniel, here at our studios in downtown Columbia. Hey, I want to remind you, of course, Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. Wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels. We're on the air tomorrow night live. No show on Thursday. Back at it on Friday from up at Dave and Buster's. In Greenville, but you know, with Thanksgiving here, Christmas around the corner, pretty soon you'll start thinking about what are we going to do this summer for vacation getaway? I got an idea. You give Jimmy Smith a call at Pauly's Vacation Rentals down at Pauly's Island, down at Litchfield, and let Jimmy and his folks work with you and set you up in a great place. You need something big, you need a big house, you need something a little smaller, you need it for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, maybe longer, maybe you want to buy something along the Grand Strand. They can help you with all of that. 843-237-4246. Number again is 843-237-4246. Your perfect beach getaway waits for you. Reynolds.com. We go to the phones, 888-898-2525. Love to hear from you before we hear from the coaches. And we go to Keith in Camden. Up first tonight. Here on Sports Talk, welcome in, Keith. How are you? I'm doing great, Phil. How you doing? Hanging in there, brother. Good to have you with us. Good. Long day up there and back. Uh, look, I'm I'm not calling to give a prediction. I'm not as confident as probably Pastor Payne, but uh, mm. you know, look at the whole body of work. I'm I'm hopeful, and we'll just see what happens. But uh, if you could, and when you, I know you were short tonight last night of time when you get to the recruiting segment i'm curious 
to see who a big, uh, if there were any big prospects in town Saturday night. So that's my question when you get to that part of the program. Yeah, well, I'll update you on some guys. And, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they had, of course, they had a good selection of recruits in town Saturday night, as you might expect. Um, and and the, the reviews, of course, have been all positive because it was a great setting, a great atmosphere, and a great ending to help your recruiting. Anytime you can have a, a, a big win at home in front of a sellout crowd, that's going to impress the recruits. Yeah. Well, look, I'll I'll get off where other people can call in. Uh, have you given your prediction yet? Not yet. <clears throat> I still, know you have. Still formulating. <laughs> probably going to hold it to Friday. Yeah, you know, yeah. after I. I'm a jinx. I'm gonna hold it till after the game. You're gonna hold it till after the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Gamecocks, to, to be quick, to, totally honest with you, they have not made this easy. You know, yeah. if this game yeah. had come after the Florida game, it'd be an easy pick. It'd be you know Clemson. 45 to oh, nothing, yeah. but I just can't figure this Gamecock team out. You know, are they the team that we saw yeah. Saturday night or are they something else? Well, I mean, look, you got to look at the whole body of work and be realistic, but you know, Hey, Saturday goes the show. That's the reason the ball's not shaped round. That's right. Enjoy the show. Thank Y'all you, sir. All right. Happy Thank holidays you, to you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Well, you know, as I think about it and you try to equate, each team to somebody they played on their schedule. And so when I look at South Carolina's schedule, who do I equate Clemson with? Georgia? No. Uh, Georgia's too good. I think Georgia's obviously head and shoulders above everybody at this particular time. But I would equate Clemson on the Gamecock schedule with Tennessee. You know, very potent offense. Dangerous quarterback, skill position players. Clemson's defense is better than Tennessee. But Tennessee's defense, at least before coming into the South Carolina game, Tennessee's defense wasn't awful. I mean, they gave up a bunch of points to Alabama, but who doesn't? And, you know, they, they are, they're, they've got athletes on their defense, okay? They've got good players on their defense. Um, they were playing without, I think, one of their linebackers was out against South Carolina. By and large, they're a good defense. So if you would ask me who would I equate Clemson to, it would be Tennessee. Pat, would you agree with that? Would that be the closest one you would equate for Clemson? I would go Georgia. I don't I don't Do you see put it. Clemson in the same category as Georgia? Yes. So if Clemson played Georgia on a neutral side, who do you think would win? Georgia. But I think it'd be close. Who played them the closest last year outside of their loss to Alabama? Clemson. Do we really think the teams are that different? This year? Well, I mean, Georgia lost so many players from last year, but they haven't missed a beat. Yeah, they haven't missed a beat. Right. And uh, now, no, don't get angry out there, people. I'm not saying that I think Clemson's better than Georgia. I do think Georgia would beat them, and I don't think it would be particularly close. I think it would probably be a two-score ball game, at least on a neutral field. But I just – Tennessee's defense, maybe I'm wrong with it, but I I think laughable compared to Clemson's, quite frankly. Uh, Clemson's secondary has been leaky at times this season, but they seem to have improved that in recent weeks. Uh, Even Notre Dame, I mean, that game was was more on the ground than it was through the air. But I think that's where, if South Carolina hopes to score against that defense and score enough to win, it'll have to be a repeat performance from from Spencer Rattler. It's going to have to come through the air. And he played about as, as well as, as could be asked of him this past week. If he's able to replicate that, the Tigers are in trouble. But if not, 
I, I just don't see them getting enough yardage on the ground to score enough to beat Clemson. Um, and then conversely, do we think South Carolina's defense will do enough to slow down Clemson's offense? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, as far as the other side of the ledger, South Carolina, who do you equate them with on the Clemson schedule? So I would equate them with a Wake Forest, Syracuse, NC State along that level. An NC State with its quarterback. I'd kind of put them at that level on Clemson's schedule. Because, I mean, you know, would I say Florida State? Not the way Florida State is playing right now. I mean, Florida State's all of a sudden, they, they've gotten crazy. But if you wanted to throw Florida State in there as well, you could do that. Do you think South Carolina is the equivalent of any of those four? And the point is, if you do, <clears throat> Clemson beat all four, but they were all four close games. So if you think South Carolina's on that level, you could conclude that they could play Clemson a close game. And we'll be back. back at Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. You know, Tennessee talking about their defense. And uh, teams did throw the ball, have thrown the ball well on them this season. No question about it. That's been a weakness of their defense. South Carolina, just the latest one to have a big passing day. South Carolina had one of the big passing days of the year. But Alabama threw for 455 against Tennessee. Florida threw for 453 against Tennessee. Difference is, Tennessee still won those games. They beat Alabama by three. They beat Florida by five. South Carolina had, uh, what did they pass for against Tennessee? Do you remember off the top of your head? What was it? Four, four, uh, four what? You happen to remember? I apologize. How many the Gamecocks had against them? Is that what you just said? Passing, yeah. I can look it up. Yeah, quick. they had uh, 453. They had 453? Yeah, 438 for Spencer Rattler, and then Joyner added 15. So they had 453 passing yards. Very good. Very good. They had 453 against Tennessee, which would match Florida as the second most. Alabama had 455. So, yeah, they had trouble stopping the pass. And what did the Gamecocks do? They went after them through the air. They attacked them properly. They took their deep shots. They, they threw the underneath. They threw the swing passes. They mixed it up with Joyner in the Wildcat. They made them use, made them defend the whole field. So, yeah, I mean, Clemson's defense, obviously, from every aspect, is much better than Tennessee's. So they will face a, a stiffer challenge. The offense will face a stiffer challenge against Clemson than they did against Tennessee. Yet, what they did against Tennessee – was impressive, uh, and it was because they played well. Uh, they blocked well. They threw the ball well. Receivers ran good routes, and like I said last night, it was 11 guys on the field all playing at their best at the same time. 
The question is, doing that against Clemson on Saturday, will that be enough for South Carolina to create the same kind of offense that they had against Tennessee? Am I expecting them to score 63 on Clemson? Uh, by no means. By no means. But I think the South Carolina team, again, here I am falling into a trap maybe. I think the South Carolina team grew up against Tennessee and learned some things about itself. And with what Shane Beamer said today in terms of um, simplifying the offense and simplifying the game plan and limiting uh, some limiting things to some plays that they, they run very, very well, I think you'll see the same approach going into the Clemson game. And we'll see if they're able to, to repeat it. Simple as that. And, Phil, if you're, if you're Wes Goodwin right now, so obviously Wells Jr., he had 11 catches, 177 yards. He's been fantastic. And I'd like to come back to him in a minute. I don't think he's been getting quite the, the praise as, he, as he's been deserving. But if you're looking at this, 12 different Gamecocks caught a football, caught a pass on Saturday. Uh, a little surprising to see Austin Stogner only had one for, for three yards. But you had Van with two for 78, Brooks two for 56, Jaheim Bell five for 39. You had Joyner now coming out. He had two for 13. Of course, Wells had a monster game. Who are you focusing in on? Who are you putting your best corner on? Or do, you, or do we think the Tigers might just sit back in a zone to try to slow that down? But if you sit back in the zone, Rattler showed this past weekend when given time in the pocket. Now, he may not have the same amount of time against Clemson. That'll be key. Mm -hmm. But if he's given time in the pocket, He's able to pick you apart and find those pockets in the zone. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Columbia, Missouri, it is Chris Bergen. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am thrilled to be here. I wasn't sure I was going to, but we got out of practice uh, about 45 minutes ago and got back here to the hotel. So uh, dinner's not for another hour or so. So I thought I'd spend some time from M-I-Z-Z-O-U chatting with you folks. Well, I saw the picture you sent us from the football stadium. You were spying on the Missouri football team, uh, so you can sell your information to Arkansas as if they need it. <laughs> but did you go steal one of those rocks in the end zone? Say that again, Phil. I'm sorry. Did you Lost steal one of those rocks in the end zone like I suggested? <laughs> no, I didn't. I actually took a picture. That's sort of the iconic thing at uh, Farragut Field here in Missouri. But I was stunned. Uh, we went over for practice and walked around the uh, Missouri Arena, which is a, a gorgeous facility here. And you can understand why they do so well and have won so many uh, conference championships over the years, especially when they were members of the uh, the Big 12, because they put a lot of resources into basketball. But wandered over to the football stadium, and the football stadium was open. You could walk inside without a problem. Eli Drinkwitz and the team are out there. They're, they had their final meeting as we were walking in, so we didn't disturb anybody. And actually, one of the uh, workers – saw us and we asked could we go in and she said yeah it shouldn't be a problem you've got your coastal carolina gear on so you should be fine so i'm guessing if we had cardinal on or something along the red variety it might have uh, raised a few eyebrows but I, I did notice that if you needed a couple of six packs or a couple of cases of anheuser-busch beer we could have wandered out of there with with as much as you could have possibly desired because they were all over the uh, facility <laughs> that's great that's great <laughs> so you guys are getting ready to take on mizzou but let's keep our focus on Gamecocks and Tigers, before we go and hear from Shane Beamer here in a couple of moments, I know you've had some time to think about the game as well. Uh, what do you think, what are you thinking, based on what South Carolina did this past weekend, how they looked in handling Tennessee and now getting ready for Clemson? Bill, again, I'm sorry. I've got an issue with the connection. I did not hear what you had asked me, so my apologies. Yeah. Uh, what 
what is your view of the game Saturday coming up? Oh, wow. Uh, can you tell me which South Carolina team is going to show up? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, ju I just heard your lead in before I jumped on the air, and you talked about uh, do I anticipate South Carolina scoring 63 points against Clemson, and you said no. And obviously anybody with any modicum of, of football knowledge would not think the Gamecocks would put 63 on Clemson's defense. But did you see 63 coming out of that offense, period? Yeah. I mean, against air. They looked as good as I've seen. I actually sent you a text during the game, and it reminded me, and you, you brought up a really, really good point, that Spencer Rattler in that ball game looked a lot like uh, Stephen Garcia did when South Carolina upset Alabama back in 2010. I can't remember a better quarterback performance from USC than what we saw Saturday uh, anytime in the recent memory. I, th I think you had to go back. Uh, Connor Shaw had some terrific games, his contest against, you know, when they blew out Georgia at home back when both teams were ranked inside the top 10, that was a, a solid performance by Shaw, but there were so many other things that went into that game. I'm not sure just one player was as spectacular for the Gamecocks in the last decade than what we saw from Rattler on Saturday. I, that came from out of nowhere. I'm not sure anybody, and Shane Beamer said afterwards, you know, everybody in this building believed it would happen. I, I, I understand that. That's what you've got to say as your head coach, but I just can't imagine they weren't stunned at how well the offense moved up and down the field Saturday. Well, everybody was stunned, you know. Uh, nobody saw that coming, and that's why it's made picking this game, I think, harder mm -hmm. than than the week before. I think it was pretty easy going into this weekend. Um, but now, with the way South Carolina played, you've got to give them their credit. You've got to give them their due. Dabo Sweeney did plenty of that today in his press conference. We'll hear from him in the next half hour as we've switched things up. We're going to hear from Beamer here in a moment. But he had a lot of respect for South Carolina. He was impressed by their performance. He said there's a reason that Rattler was a five-star quarterback and a starter at Oklahoma. And, you know, he's approaching this game very – not that he wouldn't otherwise, but, I mean, this is a – he sees this as the game of the year. I think he's serious when he say, says that because um, he wants to um, continue the streak. He knows what it's like and what life is like when you lose to your rival. He doesn't want to go through that again. Though, you know, we all know the streak is going to end some sure. point in time. Is it going to end this year? Is it going to end in uh, after 10 in a row, 12 in a row? It will end at some point in time, and they will experience the taste of defeat again. He just wants to make sure it doesn't happen this year. But I think, I think South Carolina's now got your, your basic, uh, you could say, your, your puncher's chance or maybe something even a little greater than a puncher's chance. No, I wholeheartedly agree they've got a puncher's chance if that South Carolina team that we saw Saturday shows up in Death Valley on Saturday at noon. Keep in mind, they are undefeated at night this season. They are winless in afternoon games, so take that for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. We talked, to, we had some fun with that with the Atlanta Braves when they went through the uh, postseason and they lost to the Phillies because all the games were during the afternoon. There's something different about USC when they play at night. So if they can figure out a way to translate that into the afternoon, I think they can certainly throw a scare into the Tigers. And the one thing about this weekend in particular, you talked about the streak, not only going for eight in a row, they're also trying to keep that long extended streak of home wins going. And Phil, if they win this weekend and some things start to fall their way as they have the last two weeks, they are certainly still in the position of getting into the playoffs. Uh, can you imagine what South Carolina, how much joy the Gamecocks and, the, and their fan base would take not only snapping the uh, losing streak to Clemson, snapping the home winning streak for the Tigers and ending their chance, much the way they did last weekend against Tennessee, ending Clemson's hope of getting into the college football playoff. I think probably this side of them knocking them out in Omaha 
in route to the College World Series title. I'm not sure there'd be a better way for uh, Gamecock fans to write off the uh, the 2022 football season than, than capping it that way. Yeah, I, I would agree. And as we go to break, uh, you know, a, remember, a reminder for this year, the South Carolina team, what have they done? They broke their losing streak to Kentucky. They beat Texas A&M for the first time. They broke their losing streak to Tennessee. So can they take it a step farther and break the one losing streak they most desperately want to break? And that's the one against Clemson. All right, we will hear from Shane Beamer as he met with the media today to talk about it. That's coming up next. When you're doing calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HGTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as a strawberry watermelon margarita or dangerous waters. Cheer on the team with cantina nachos or wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Talking Tuesday here on Sports Talk, the week of the big game, the week of weeks, the night of nights, the Talking Tuesday of Talking Tuesdays. We begin with USC coach Shane Beamer, who met with the media this afternoon in Columbia. Here is a portion of what he had to say about the game coming up. Other than opening weekend, my favorite week of the year uh, in college football rivalry, rivalry week. Sports special, so I uh, love everything about this weekend that we have uh, coming up. You know, before we go forward, certainly just want to uh, thank our fans again for not just the amazing environment, atmosphere Saturday night, uh, but what they created 
all season as well to sell out every single uh, Saturday home game. I watch a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot because I'm busy, but when I'm able to, I watch as much college football as I can. And I see a lot of empty seats in stadiums. Uh, I see a lot of teams that do a pregame walk um, that have very few people at it. And every single game, that Gamecock walk that we did was unreal. Uh, Every single game, the atmosphere out there in that stadium was awesome. And certainly just want Gamecock Nation to know that we don't, take them for granted because I realize it's not like this everywhere. And what we have here is very, very special. And Saturday night was very, very special. TV copies after the game of the game. And uh, it was a three hour, I shouldn't say three hour college football games are way too long now, but four hour just infomercial on all things Gamecock athletics, Gamecock football, Columbia, Williams, Bryce, University of South Carolina, the state of South Carolina. So that was a uh, awesome showing. Saturday night by our fans. Also, just want to, uh, you know, uh, send my thoughts to Hendon Hooker. Hate to hear about his injury. What a fantastic young man, fantastic player he is. Got a chance to visit with him before the game a little bit and uh, certainly pulling for him and know he'll be back uh, uh, better and and stronger than ever. And his best football is still in front of him also. Uh, Injury-wise, we're in good shape. Marshawn and CBS both uh, were out there at practice today. Hopefully when we come in tomorrow morning, they will have responded well to what they did in practice today and, and feel feel good. That was part of the issue a couple of weeks ago was Marshawn practice and just didn't respond the way we wanted him to or he wanted to uh, the next day. And uh, so we're optimistic that he'll feel great tomorrow morning. But when we came in on Sunday, he told me he was playing this week. He and CBS both did. So hopefully they'll continue to uh, trend down in the right direction because I know they both want to play and um, we're going to need them. It's a fantastic uh, team that we're playing on Saturday that you could argue they're playing their best football uh, down the stretch. I think if you look at them year after year, they just continue to get better as the season goes. Uh, Another 10-win season for them another opportunity to win an ACC championship and uh, that's not easy to do I mean I know everybody just thinks you're supposed to just roll the balls out and you're supposed to win every Saturday uh, when they get everyone's best shot every single week uh, in that league because of what they've done and to be sitting there with 10 wins again is uh, is remarkable and an opportunity to win another conference championship they're extremely talented as you know they're extremely well coached as you know, offensively, they're playing really good football here, uh, especially last week. You could argue was their best game. They're protecting the football. They ran the quarterback a little bit more last week. Shipley at running backs, a, a heck of a player. They got dynamic receivers, veteran offensive line. Defensively, their front seven is probably the best we faced all season. Um, in their group of defensive line and linebackers, every single one of them will play in the NFL. So they're really, really good up front as well. And then they got weapons uh, on special teams also in the return game. You know, Shipley's back there returning kickoffs and then is a threat back there also. So we've got to have a great week of uh, preparation from our standpoint to give ourselves an opportunity to go play uh, even better than what we did last Saturday, and our guys are excited about the challenge, excited about the opportunity. It's a great rivalry. I've uh, been blessed to be a part of some of the iconic rivalries in college football during my coaching career, and this one's right there at the top. And and uh, excited for the 2022 um, uh, chapter 
of that rivalry and looking forward to getting up there on Saturday. You know, it's a normal week for us. We practice in the mornings anyway, so we really don't have to get much out of our routine from a Thanksgiving standpoint. We practice today. We'll practice tomorrow. We'll practice Thursday morning. Usually on Thursdays, we're done at 1130 uh, and off the field, and it'll be no different any, this week. So luckily, we don't have to change our routine. It's the same routine. And, and then usually on Thursdays after practice, we don't see the guys again until Friday morning because we don't have anything with them in the afternoon. And this will be the same case. So they'll be able to, they live close by, be able to get away and, and uh, go eat with their families. If not, they're all, some of them are coming to over to coaches' homes and things like that. And then we'll be back over uh, on Friday morning to start our normal uh, game weekend routine. So questions? Uh, yeah, coach, obviously, Saturday was an explosive game, just offensively. Um, some of the players went here a second ago talking about, I guess, moving on to Clemson week. Just what are some ways, um, from your perspective, like what are some practical ways that you, I guess, you know, tune out the noise from a 63-point outing and move that into, I guess, another week against a, you know, top whatever team? Yeah, quit talking about it. Honestly, I mean, I love Justin King and what they do, but I told him no more, no more Tennessee videos. Like, you're – amazing and brilliant at what you do but I told him after the game on Saturday night get it all out Sunday Monday because once the players come back in here on Tuesday it's full speed ahead on on the next opponent and and um with the players told about the practice today you know they went to class on Monday and everybody was patting them on the back well the Tuesday classes are different you know so they're seeing those classmates for the first time since Saturday so everybody will be patting them on the back and told them the same thing politely Thank them, but we're moving on. And um, we didn't do a great job of that last year, honestly. You know, we had an unbelievable home win against Auburn uh, in 2021 and got bowl eligible, played these guys seven, day, seven days later, and obviously were not ready to perform like we needed to perform, and that's on me. And, um, you know, our guys are excited. Our guys certainly are, are, are very confident, but we know, and I told them today, like, the reason there's a lot of reasons we played as well as we did last Saturday, but it started with our preparation during the week. So for us to have a chance to perform well on Saturday uh, up there, we're going to have to prepare well during the week also, you know, and it's easier said than done. Cause I've told you guys before I get, we get four hours a day with them in here and they're out there the other 20 hours here and how great they are as well. And, and certainly we want to build on what we did last week, but it's just moving on and, and, what we did last Saturday becomes even more special and even bigger if we were fortunate enough to to win on Saturday, you know. Then we can talk back and we can Justin can tweet out all kinds of videos from Saturday night and hopefully this Saturday as well. Just we're on probation right now. No more Tennessee tweeting. You know, fandom there being ingrained in this rivalry thing. And two, just Clemson hasn't allowed a lot of rushing yards. Notre Dame gained some yards on them. But how essential is it going to be to make sure that you guys get some push on the ground against that front four to kind of loosen things up. Yeah. Um, I think there's still a good healthy respect for Dabo, but after he is, my son doesn't like to lose. So he liked Dabo a lot better before we got beat last year as well. Um, and Dabo was very, very good to him after the game uh, or before the game Dabo, you know, asks about him when, when we talk or when I see him. So there's certainly a respect level, but uh, my son's probably the, other than my youngest daughter, probably the most competitive person in that household. So he's, uh, he's, he's, um, he's excited for Saturday, you know, Brandon Streeter and I've known each other since high school and Brandon was actually in Columbia recruiting in May and actually came by the house for about 30 minutes in the springtime just to say hello. And 
Hunter wanted nothing to do with him. So I think he's he realized pretty quick what this rivalry is about. So there's a healthy respect, but the the love fest I think is is uh isn't what it was. Uh, and then our run game against their defense, huge. I mean, all the things that that um you know we talked about last week with Spencer. Well, Clemson's not going to let they're going to do their best to not let Spencer have time and get comfortable back there. And with their defensive line and the athleticism they have at linebacker, they're really, really good. And I use the word disruptive about Tennessee's defense and they are, but these guys are like a different level. So we've got to do a great job of being able to help Spencer. And the number one way to do that is to be able to find the way to run some, run the ball, you know, some as well, but it's easier said than done, you know, against them because they're really, really talented and, and, uh, and really well coached. Uh, Coach, Clemson has 10 fumbles and 12 turnovers overall in their last three games. Is that something in game planning with the defense that factors in? Maybe it makes you pin your ears back a little bit more, be more aggressive, knowing that they might be vulnerable to those turnovers? Yeah, it's something that we look at every week. Um, They would say the same thing about us, looking at us, because we've turned it over way too many times. And we did it the other night, and and that was huge. And that's one of the things I I said I wasn't going to talk about last week, but that was one of the things that we're proud about is – you know, it wasn't like a turnover fest and we just feasted on turnovers. Tennessee had the one, but other than that, nobody turned the ball over us included. And we just, we lined up and beat them. And that's something that we can build on. We spent a lot of time on turnovers and emphasizing creating them, but also preventing them as well with our ball security. But it'll be critical this Saturday as well. But certainly when we see a team that, you know, has, turn the ball over or maybe it's something you always look at on tape. Hey, this guy carries the ball really, really loose. Or this guy's put the ball on the ground a lot this year. Let's really be even more aggressive about attacking that thing when we tackle him. And it's things that we talk about in practice all the time. So yeah, it's, it's something that is always a, always an emphasis, you know, for us, but something that we know is going to be really, really, really critical uh, this Saturday. All right, Shane Beamer from his press conference earlier today. All of it is up on our website, sportstalksc.com. Top of the hour. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, we are back on Sports Talk to welcome in those of you who are just now getting a chance to join us on this Talking Tuesday. Great to have you with us. We just heard comments from USC coach Shane Beamer. The one thing I was going to say, guys, Chris Bergen is with us from the other Columbia. While you're out there, by the way, Chris, did you have a chance to go by and see the Mayor's Cup? that the uh, Missouri Tigers uh, won back from the Gamecocks this year. Can you even hear us? Uh-oh, now we I really may have now. Lost. There oh, you there go. You. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was asking you, have you been by the uh, trophy case there at Mizzou to look at the Mayor's Cup that they <laughs> won this year? I have not. Yeah. I don't know exactly where they've got uh, most of their athletic offices, it appears, are directly across the street from the uh, football stadium. So we didn't go in there and they're playing this weekend for some other contrived uh, statue that they've come up with now for the, uh, 
uh, what is it, the battle lines. Mm. And evidently the trophy, I, I was reading earlier, the trophy weighs something in the neighborhood of like 80 pounds, mm. some tremendous trophy. And it has the outline of Missouri backing up against Arkansas. And in the middle, they're going to put the uh, colors of the winning team from the previous year. Their colors are going to represent the border. So that's that's what they're looking to do uh, now that they've got the the mayor's the mayor's cup between the uh, Gamecocks and Tigers, and now evidently they have now the battle line or state lines between Arkansas and Missouri. That's great. Well, that's what we have here. We have battle lines. You know, the Palmetto Bowl is nice. It's a nice, non-sexy, non-prejudicial um, name. You know, you can't say it's one way or the other. But I wish, I wish they had listened to me back in the day because I am the, I should be the athletic director for ideas over at South Carolina and Clemson mm-hmm. for that matter. I should be the AD for ideas. Um, but they should have come up with something a little more creative, a little more sexy than the Palmetto bowl. You know, that's just, that's vanilla with, with no nuts, with no <laughs> strawberries mixed. That's just vanilla, <laughs> just plain vanilla. We could have come up with something. I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they got Bedlam. Uh, you know, Civil War would have, you know, that's what they have. Oregon, Oregon State, they have Civil War. Now, in our state, that would probably take on some some bad, sure. bad feelings. We probably couldn't use that. Um, but we could have come up with something a little more juicy, I think. And uh, I had some ideas back in the day. Um, but, you know, they went awry, like most every like most of my other uh, good ideas that do, they, they, they were not listened to. Well, remember for a short time, Phil, it was with the Hardy's trophy or whatever. Yes. That's sort of gone away as about as quick as it, it arrived. Yeah. And, and by the way, this battle line trophy that uh, they're playing for on Friday between Missouri and Arkansas, I was underestimating the size four feet tall and it weighs 180 pounds. Mm. Now, see the Hardy's trophy was very, very long. I don't think it was that heavy, but it was tall. Mm-hmm because it had a lot of wood and it had, you know, something, it had like a little pedestal built up on top, then a lot of long wood and then the bottom. And uh, it was very tall. It was a tall trophy. It wasn't a heavy trophy. But, um, yeah, it was named for a hamburger chain. That's not good. Right. Nothing against no, no. Hardee's. I, I love Hardee's. Don't get me wrong. But I, if it had been the Burger King trophy, I'd have felt the same. It's just not sexy, you know. No. And these things don't need to be sort of contrived. I really think the uh, the Mayor's Cup is contrived. I think this battle line rivalry thing that they're trying to create between Arkansas and, and Missouri is contrived as well. You have to you look at some of the uh, Big Ten rivalry games. You know, Paul Bunyan's axe, the old oaken bucket, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that they play for. Those are cool trophies. Yes, and, and they have rich history behind them. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've we've got a great rivalry in the state. There's no question. Don't know that we need to to try and come up with something just to uh, salute the winner any more than just bragging rights for the next 365 days. All right, I was going to say about Shane Beamer too. His comment where he said they didn't handle things well last year after they beat Auburn and then played Clemson at home and got handled 30 to nothing. He felt like he didn't do a good job preparing the team, didn't feel like they did a good job transitioning from beating Auburn and getting another SEC win to getting ready for their rival. So I think he learned something from that, and I think the South Carolina football team will learn something from that. And at least from that standpoint, it'll be a little bit different than they were at this point last year. Same situation. They're coming off a huge win over an SEC opponent at home, and we'll see how they handle that. 
Now, you think you think they may transition back and try and figure out a way to bump their SEC games the last one to two weeks prior to Clemson if this continues to be a problem for them? Because remember, in the years past, this was last week was always some FCS week. Well, they don't have a say. Got healthy. They don't. Yeah, they don't have a say in that. The SEC, you know, will set the schedule, and they set the league schedule, and then you can, you know, TV and everything fills in Mm -hmm. um, the open the other dates. But uh, yeah, they they can't do anything until the SEC sets the the league schedule. All right, let's listen to Dabo Sweeney from up at Clemson today as he gets ready for another shot at the Gamecocks. He's on a hot run against South Carolina right now. It's been up and down, you know. Had the Gamecocks beaten the Tigers in 2008, history might have been changed. He might not have gotten the job as the Tigers head coach, but they won that game when he was the interim head coach. And the Tigers that Sunday, Terry Don Phillips and Bill DeAndre uh, met with Dabo and made him the permanent head coach. And as they say, the rest is history. Here he is earlier today talking about the matchup. Season is over, uh, and now it's South Carolina. You know, so there's the season in South Carolina, which is obviously a goal of its own. And, um, you know, excited. Doesn't matter what's happened, what's coming. It's all about, you know, this week and, um, you know, getting ready for a, a good football team. And uh, looking at South Carolina, first of all, Shane's done a great job. Uh, what a huge win this past week. And, and they played their best game. Uh, and uh, we played our best game, you know, so. You know, uh, two good teams, you know, that are coming off of big wins uh, where they played well. And, and um, you know, both teams, I think, got some confidence. But, you know, you look at their football team and, and defensively, they got they got a lot of talented guys over there. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that we recruited uh, throughout that defense and especially up front uh, that we've got a lot of respect for. They're, they're big, strong, and athletic guys up front, mostly a four-down team, do a lot of things in coverage-wise. Uh, to challenge you, uh, you know, we know Brad Johnson. I mean, he's a six-year player. Some of these guys have been playing a long time. Um, you know, Green is an excellent player. Nine, I think, is 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 one of their better players as well. Um, you know, two good corners. They've kind of settled on the two freshmen at safety. Uh, so it's a good group. They get after you, and uh, we got we got to do a nice job. And then over on the offensive side, uh, man, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a team be hotter. Than, than what they were last week. They, and that, you know, you got a, a lot of confidence comes from that. Made a ton of plays. I thought the quarterback was was outstanding. I mean, he played an unbelievable game. You saw what he can do throwing the ball. I mean, he put some, he, he had some plays where it was, it was that, that, that far. And uh, man, he, he was incredibly accurate. His great timing, great anticipation. I thought his receivers and tight ends really showed uh, what they're capable of last week as well. Uh, you know, and you've seen it at times throughout the year, but it looked like they just really put it together uh, last week and uh, against a really good football team. So uh, this is a good group, very experienced up front. You know, we know a lot about these guys. I mean, we've played against them, uh, but, you know, you got four out of five starters back. They got a bunch of guys outside, 13 and six, um, uh, 10, 5, 3, 17. All these guys uh, have played a lot of ball. Of course, their tight end is a Swiss Army knife type guy. He's everywhere. And uh, second leading rusher on the team, uh, you know, really good backs. I'm not sure. I know they've had some guys injured. I'm not sure who's who's back, who's playing, but uh, really, really talented group. Uh, so, you know, and then special teams, they've been outstanding. They've blocked a bunch of kicks. They've returned punts. They've had a kick return. Uh, it's been a different. It's been the difference for them in a couple of games uh, for sure. So, uh, you know, this is a. 
uh, all three phases uh, on high alert type of game. Everybody's got to play well, and and uh, we're excited about the week and uh, getting back in the valley. This is the last one for our seniors, and uh, you know it's always a big deal uh, when you're playing your last home game. And man, I hope our crowd will show up and and uh, really get behind them and support this team. You know, it's a I know a lot of people don't like a noon game, you know, and all that stuff. But uh, man, we need the best noon crowd that we've ever had. You know. Come Friday, if you can come Friday, come in. Uh, you know, pitch a tent. You know, whatever. Let's 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 have a great crowd. Let's be ready. Uh, Dean, you gonna have them ready? All right, let's have them ready. All right, we need we need a great crowd, and and uh, it should be a fun environment. And you know, our focus is just simple. It's it's on finishing strong, and um, you know, trying to play our best four quarters, trying to achieve this goal. That's our focus. That's what we can, we we feel like we can control, and that goes back to. You know, how we practice today, how we practice tomorrow. You know, there's a lot to manage this week uh, with Thanksgiving and families in town and all that type of stuff. So, you know, staying focused and, and uh, again, really preparing the best we can and, and trying to play our best game. This is, again, a fun, fun week uh, for everyone all across the country. Uh, it's rivalry week. You know, I, I was a part of 13 Alabama-Auburn games, and, man, that was – it was always my favorite week of the year, and now I'm on my 19th Clemson South Carolina game, and it's my favorite week of the year. Uh, this is a this is a fun week because it's it really is, you know, uh, you just can feel, you know, the intensity of it, if you will, because everybody everybody everybody's paying attention and everybody's involved, and it's just a it's a it's a lot. And you look all across the country, whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Florida, Florida State. You know, whoever it may be, uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be a part of these type games. Not everybody has an opportunity to be a part of a, a real traditional rivalry type game. Um, and so, uh, man, I'm thankful for that and look forward to a great day in the Valley on Saturday. It's been nine years since you lost your rival, um, but I guess you have a sense <clears throat> of what that desperation is like for those players having lost five to them yourself. Absolutely. I mean, uh that's, that's why every year, I mean, it's you just put everything you got into it and, uh, you know, try to – doesn't matter what the records are, doesn't matter if there's a streak, and none of that stuff matters. I mean, you got to play well in this game, and, and you know you're going to get their best, they're going to get our best, and uh, at the end of the day it comes down to execution and doing what you got to do to win the football game, you know, blocking, tackling, throwing, catching, taking care of the football, you know, being sound in special teams uh executing in the red zone i mean there's you know there's a lot that that you got to do once the emotion kind of gets out of the way it's all about football uh so you got to stay focused on those things uh, in games like this and not get distracted you know by all the all the pomp and circumstance that comes along with it it's at the end of the day it's 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 a football game and uh most fired up team ain't gonna win uh it's the team who executes the best it's the team that does the things that wins football games uh, that does those things the best, that's who wins. And uh, so, you know, again, um, I mean, we, we, we've got uh, great respect for them. Uh, certainly, I think Shane's done an amazing job. I mean, he really has. I mean, you just see their team uh, with a lot of energy, a lot of belief. And, uh, you know, we'll, we, we got to play well. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter however many we've won. It doesn't matter. Um, you got to play well and you got to earn it this Saturday. Since you brought up turnovers, um, I guess, is there anything you can do differently than what you do every week in practice? Yeah, Yeah, probably. I mean, Davis Allen has never fumbled ever. 
Uh, I don't know, you know, guy put a good hit on the ball. Uh, so, you know, same thing with Brenny. Pretty good ball security. Guy put a good hit on the ball. So we just got to, you know, I think, again, I think you just you just have to um, keep coaching the fundamentals and really stress things in practice. You do everything you can with your scouts to, to but you don't want, I mean, you got to go play. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's one of those things we just kind of play our way out of. But the good, the difference is we've been getting them. You know, so you know, we've been getting takeaways, and and I know from a stat standpoint, we 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 finished, I guess, minus one, but we really finished plus one. You know, as far as how we track things, I mean, when you stop somebody fourth and one in the scoring zone, that's a turnover. Uh, you get a safety, that's points and a turnover, because you get points and the ball, uh, so it doesn't go down in the book that way. So that's why we, you know, you still win forty to ten because we we're plus one uh, in the margin. Same thing the week before. And the one game we lost, we, we didn't do that. We were negative. Uh, so we've just – and if we can just kind of keep getting them and just cut that down, uh, good things will happen for us. But it's just, you know, some basic things, uh, really basic things, and, and just got to keep executing the fundamentals. So Bradley, you face a great quarterback, and <clears throat> quarterback that struggled, but then last week just had maybe the best game of his entire career. He was awesome. I mean, he made some throws that were – I mean, you can't defend. I mean, you can't defend it. I mean, they if you go back and really watch it, I mean, they had guys there. And, I mean, it, it it's the difference – I mean, it's that much is the difference in that touchdown catch to – who's a six uh, and, and an incomplete. I mean, it's an inch. Uh, but that's the game. You know, the, the, the throw down the sideline. I mean, he, he just made some beautiful plays. He bought time. He extended some plays. Um and, and then his guys made plays. I mean, they made a ton of plays. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's a five-star quarterback for a reason and a starter at Oklahoma for a reason and has done a lot of great things. He's a really, really talented player. Uh, so, man, we've we've seen a bunch of them this year. Uh, we've had a lot of them on our schedule throughout the year, and, and he's, he's definitely uh, got all the tools. It's Saturday night, you know, so. They were doing some things differently with them, quicker getting it out. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they did a good job schematically and in, in some formations and, and some things, and they mixed in some a lot of wildcat and a lot of crossers. Um, you know, had, had, had complemented things with with some easy outlet passes in the screen game. But I mean, they took a lot of shots, and uh, guys made some guys made some unbelievable plays. But he made some throws. You know, they had a lot of max protection. You know, Tennessee caught Tennessee in a bunch of man coverage and they max protection. And, I mean, it's just my guy better than your guy, but the quarterback put the ball on the money. I mean, incredibly accurate. Uh, so, that's really it. It's really not complicated. They just blocked them and threw and caught the ball better and, and um, you know, did some – got the ball to the back in some flats on a couple times. And, you know, I mean, they hit a third and 20, a third and 17 uh, on some deep crossers. You know, with just just accurate throws and good protection. Coach, how would you characterize DJ as a runner? Because it doesn't look like he's running very fast, but some of these moves he's made in the open field and his vision—I mean, he's got that stanky leg. You give him a stanky leg. Uh, He's he's just confident now. I mean, he's gone from a guy that that wasn't very confident running the ball to now he's very confident, and uh, he's he's faster than you think. Uh, He's way more athletic than you think but he's big and strong and he breaks a lot of tackles and uh he's a big man to get down I mean, he's 238 pounds uh 
and uh, he's got a he's got a good understanding of of how to set things up. Um, so you know, he's just he, he sees it. He's got good vision as a runner. You know, he may not be a, a Barry Sanders as far as change of direction, but he's got good vision. And he can see it, and he and he does a nice job of you know changing direction. Um, but he's just bottom line. He's just worked really hard at it, and he's just much more confident. And um, he's been a big factor for us for sure. All right, Dabo Sweeney, the Tigers move up one in the college football playoff ranking. They are number eight. Of course, Georgia is number one. Ohio State is two. Michigan is three. TCU is four. LSU is five. And Southern Cal is six. And who did we say was number seven? Alabama. Alabama is seven. Clemson's eight. So two, two lost teams from the SEC remain ahead of Clemson in the ranking. There you go. Uh, recruiting coming up after the break. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, South Carolina is great for the Hunters, Major. What do the Hunters need to remember before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. One thing we want hunters in this state to remember is always identify your target and what lies beyond it. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 Wings favorites. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. All right, let's get to the recruiting report brought to you by Seawell's Reminder, Seawell's close rest of this week for the holiday they deserve it they work harder than anybody i know they'll be back next week with a daily luncheon buffet and of course they can always visit with you about your catering needs the best in the business seawells at 803-771-7385 online at seawellscateringsc.com 
Sports.com. So to catch up on a couple of things we didn't get to last night, USC over the weekend had offensive tackle Keyshawn Blackstock, 65300 of Coffeyville Junior College, Kansas, and Covington, Georgia, in for an official visit. And, of course, he loved it. Everything he talked about was how much he enjoyed everything in South Carolina. And they're selling him on the fact that they think they're going to lose some offensive linemen, some tackles, and they need help right away on the offensive line. And as a junior college guy, he's ready to come in and play. He's taken an official visit to Illinois, and he'll take one to Penn State on December 10th. Auburn, Oklahoma, Mississippi State, and others, uh, and, and Oregon are others making a strong pitch. But South Carolina strongly in the mix. He'll sign in December, enroll in January, and have three years to play two. Tied in Reed McKeska, 6'6", 233 of Houston, was at South Carolina on Saturday. Unofficially, he's a former Clemson commitment. And he currently is committed to Miami. But obviously, that is a shaky at best as he continues to look at some other schools. And he's got family ties to South Carolina, to the state. Uh, he really enjoyed the visit, loved how they used the tight ends. And they're telling him that, you know, that's exactly what he could be used for if he were to come to South Carolina. He has taken officials to Miami and Florida. Nothing else scheduled at this time. Earlier in the year, he also made stops at Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, and North Carolina. And he continues to say he's committed to Miami right now, but he's still going through the process. But he's a big fan, he said, of South Carolina and Coach Jody Wright. USC also had in over the weekend cornerback Isaiah Johnson of Richmond, who's been talking a lot to Torian Gray. He called it the best visit that he's been on so far. Atmosphere was crazy, fan base, etc. He said they really want him at South Carolina. They like his ball skills as a corner. And Gray said he could teach him a lot. He also has offers from North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Wake Forest, and East Carolina, among others. But South Carolina now is high up on his list. They were already high, but this moves him up even more, along with North Carolina and Michigan State at the top of his list. He's going to go to Virginia Tech December 9th. And earlier this month, uh, Oh, and he said earlier this month he planned to take one to USC on December 16th. He'll sign December 21st, but will not be an early enrollee. 2024 offensive lineman, defensive lineman Graham Utter of Daphne, Alabama, plans to visit Clemson on Saturday for the big game. Also, running back Christopher Johnson of Fort Lauderdale has set an official to Clemson for this weekend, according to 24-7 Sports, and he's got one to Penn State. For December 9th, uh, Miami and Ole Miss are also uh, heavily involved. 2025 receiver Marshall Pritchett, Rabin Gap, Georgia, plans to be at Clemson Saturday. 2026 quarterback Mason Holtzclaw of Wren plans to be at Clemson on Saturday. 2026 left-hander Jack Stepp of Wade Hampton of Greenville, he committed to Clemson. And athlete Sudarian Harrison of Woodland, did take his official visit to Louisville this past weekend. USC target running back Robert Henry of Jones College was named the Walter Jones Trophy winner as a National Junior College Player of the Year. And we'll be back after the break.
Okay, we're back on Sports Talk in just a moment. We will be connected with Carl Hill, and we hope we'll merit. We've got Carl standing by. We're efforting to get Will on the line at the number he has sent us, so we'll bring that to you in just a moment. In the meantime, I'll pass along a couple of other recruiting notes. 2025 quarterback Joshua Sims of Blacksburg plans to visit Georgia on Saturday. Young man to keep an eye on. Clemson commitment receiver Noble Johnson of Rockwall, Texas, going to take his official visit to Clemson this weekend. 2025 receiver Cameron Sparks of Chattanooga. And 2024 wide receiver Amari Jefferson of Chattanooga. They were offered by USC. They go to the Baylor School. And that is uh, where Eric Kimry is the head coach. And Jefferson is uh, currently committed to uh, Tennessee. Is currently committed to Tennessee for baseball. Amari Jefferson committed to Tennessee for baseball. And let's see. I think that's it. That brings you up to date on our recruiting notes and good timing there because I think we've got our two guys with us, Will and The Thrill, joining us here on Sports Talk. Here on the night of nights, the week of weeks, as we count down to the uh, USC Clemson, Clemson USC game for 2022, the brawl for it all, the Palmetto Bowl, and anything else you can come up with. Let's welcome in the thrill, Carl Hill, the former Gamecock outside linebacker. Welcome in, Carl. How are you? Doing very well, sir. How about yourself today? We're doing tremendous. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And let's welcome in big old slobber knocker, Will Merritt. Will, welcome in. How are you? Yes, sir. Doing great, guys. And uh, happy Thanksgiving back to you guys. I hope y'all have a very uh, peaceful and wonderful week. Thank you. And, of course, same to you and your family. So, Carl, let's start with you. Did you think you were dreaming Saturday night, or did you think that was a real Gamecock football team out there? Oh, I knew it was a real football team, but hey, that was pretty, man. I I've never seen anything like that from that coaching staff, and they did an absolutely wonderful job, and the players executed. It was a it was a sight to see. What do you think made the difference in terms of the coaching staff and the way the team played overall? In my opinion, as I said on Monday, it looked like you had. Basically, 22 guys on the field, 11 on offense, 11 on defense for the Gamecocks, who all played maybe their best games at the same time. And, and it's kind of, especially offensively, it's kind of easy to do when, like I preached last week and the week before that and probably the week before that, that when you use the whole football field as an offense, the defense has to defend the whole football field. And if you defend the whole football field, there's opportunity to have success. Some success. And we used uh, uh, Scott Satterfield used the whole football field. He ran the ball to the outside. It was almost like somebody told him we were playing Tennessee State hmm. versus the University of Tennessee because that's the game plans we use for South Carolina State. Uh, that's the game plans we've used for uh, Charlotte. We've, we've seen that offense before, not with that much success, mm-hmm. but we've seen that type of play calling, but we don't normally see it against somebody like a Tennessee or a Clemson. All right, so, Will, after watching the Gamecocks Saturday and the way they handled the fifth-ranked team in the country, I mean, that's got to give Clemson a little bit of pause 
not that they would not have been fired up and focused, but I mean, now they kind of have to take a little bit of a step back and kind of reevaluate this Gamecock team, don't they? Well, I think I think you're you're exactly right. I don't think it necessarily uh, added you know any more fuel to the fire uh, as far as Clemson wanting to win this game. Obviously, they have their their home winning streak still at stake. They have a chance to you know win eight games in a row against South Carolina. I mean, there were there were already factors to make this game big, but watching South Carolina put up over 600 yards of offense and and the way that their offensive line pick, did blitz pick up. I mean, there's a lot of things about that game that I guarantee you that this Clemson coaching staff said, "All right, boys, now <laughs> this thing this thing is going to be for real." And uh, you know, so at high noon, you're going to find out very very quickly um, just who who's got the preparation. The only thing I would also say is, you know, South Carolina can they can they can they enjoy success? Can they capitalize on success? Um, whereas Clemson, over the last decade, that they've snowballed with success. This is kind of a little bit of an anomaly uh, for South Carolina. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they come out and are poised like they were against Tennessee. All right, Carl. I mean, Tennessee's defense is no Clemson. Uh, they give up a ton of yards through the year. They've done so all season, and the Gamecocks put the second most yards through the air against them this season and over what, 453 yards. I think it was uh, Florida and Alabama also put a bunch of passing yards on them. So the Gamecocks are right up there with that, but this is not the defense coming up is not the Tennessee defense. It's a much more difficult, much better, much more talented defense that only allowed 98 yards to Miami uh, this past weekend. So what can South Carolina do if what can, if what they did against Tennessee, they can repeat it. Can they move the ball against this Clemson defense? Uh, pretty much, absolutely. Just like I said earlier, you cannot defend a whole football field without leaving weaknesses. And if we make Clemson, especially their secondary, their secondary is probably not a whole lot better than Tennessee, I don't think. So there's opportunities for us to take the ball to have some success with their passing game against Clemson, they got probably one of the better front sevens that we're going to play against. So it's going to be difficult. But again, if you spread them out, they can't. Nobody can defend the whole football field without leaving weaknesses. And if we do what we did offensively, run the ball to the outside, throw the ball in the middle of the field, I think we can have success against that defense. Hmm. It's not going to be 53 well, yards, and, and, 53 points now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, Will. And, go ahead, Will. Well, I, I was just going to, I was just going to reiterate something. You know, you're right. I mean, t- Tennessee has been, uh, they've been very porous all year long, and um, and 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 I, I was actually, I spoke at the Greenwood Touchdown Club last night, and there were a ton of Gamecock and Clemson fans. We were talking about the game before, during, and after the event. And they realized that, you know, beating Tennessee in the manner in which they did is what's got everybody fired up. However, if you look at what Clemson's been able to rattle off in the last couple of weeks and how they've gotten to the quarterback and been able to stop the run, and I think they're only allowing, you know, three yards a carry, something like that. But, I mean, they're, you know, they, they, they will pose a threat for South Carolina. There's no doubt about it. They will get in the backfield. They are strong on that defensive line. The linebacking play for Clemson has just exponentially increased over the season. 
Um, so I think that um, it will not be a Tennessee defense, just to reiterate what you said. No, much better than a Tennessee defense. Will and the Thrill with us here on Sports Talk as we break down the USC and Clemson game coming up on Saturday. So, Carl, defensively for South Carolina, now they gave up over 500 yards and, you know, a lot of points to Tennessee. The It was lucky or fortunate, not lucky, I should say fortunate for them, that it was a complimentary performance by the Gamecocks. The offense complimented the defense and vice versa, and the defense got enough stops to allow the offense to uh, build an advantage, and they went on from there. Uh, but, and we know Tennessee's got a great offense until Hooker got hurt. I mean, you know, they put points and yards on everybody. But what about the South Carolina defense still has trouble stopping the run, they have trouble stopping a mobile running quarterback, and they're going to see a lot of that from Clemson. Uh, what did you think of what they did with their corners playing up tight on those receivers? Do you think they'll do the same thing? Should they do the same thing? What do you foresee there? And, and you, you probably won't have the, the same type of defense against uh, Clemson. They don't. They don't. They don't pose a threat on with the on the receiver. Their receivers are just they're, they're good receivers. But there's, there's none of those guys just going to scare you. Their running game is the thing that's going to scare South Carolina. And, hey, I, I'm not going to knock our defense. Hell, we, we, we kept Tennessee, what, 10, yard, 10 points under their normal. We we they, we kept them under their normal average and everything they've done all season. So they're, that's, a, that's the number one offense in the country. I mean, you can't. You can't stop everybody. So, mm. and that offense is nothing on. You can't. You can't even compare the type of offense that Tennessee had versus what Clemson sputtering offense is. It's a totally different ball game. You don't. You don't have to be as aggressive on the corners, and we won't have to be. There's nobody on Clemson offense scare you, but the running back. Antonio Williams well, doesn't I, scare you a little I, bit, maybe. Uh, he's good. They're he's getting good. Bo Collins back. Bo Collins is going to be back into the wide receiver mix. How about those tight ends? Doesn't doesn't tight South ends, Carolina have to be like. concerned about the tight ends? Will, what about the tight ends for Clemson's offense? Well, I think that that's been one of the biggest differences in the last two weeks is the tight ends have been such an integral part of the play calling. Um, I think the game for Clemson offensively comes down to really just two keys, in my opinion. Um and that is they've been really good on third down conversions, converting, you know, 50% of third down conversions, sustaining drives, keeping South Carolina off the field. I think that is the number one overall uh, factor for Clemson to have success offensively. Even if they're not getting points off of every drive, this is a team that is averaging well over, you know, 35 minutes a game of time of possession. And so if they stay in that 35, 38 minutes per game and keep South Carolina at on the sideline offensively, that's huge for us. Now, the the biggest other factor I think is how how well we pass pro because when when we when we're doing good job in pass protection, and DJ has a run option, if he's not being pressured and flushed out of the pocket, and if something's not open, and he's he's actually proven multiple times this year, you get him in open field, he can be dangerous with his feet. And um, and he and, and I think he's just he's coming into his own, and so I think that how will we pass protect and allow DJ if the pocket uh, if the if the secondary for South Carolina is playing good tight defense, 
then he can take off and scramble for five, six, seven, eight yards and keep drives alive. To me, that's the number one factor for the ball game. Uh, Will, how important will it be for Clemson like they did against Miami? They took the opening kickoff, drove it yep. down the field, up seven to nothing. I thought the key point in that game came on Miami's possession where they overthrew the wide open receiver for a touchdown, and then they had a first down called back after a long run because of a penalty. I thought Miami was cooked, really, at that point. I thought that just took the life out of them because they saw seven points slip through their hands or over the head of the receiver. But a quick start by Clemson and South Carolina trying to avoid the, the quick start, obviously that's going to be key both ways. If, if South Carolina can avoid allowing Clemson to have the quick start or if Clemson can go and have the quick start. Well, and also remember, this is going to be a game that's going to kick off I mean, people are still going to have sleepers in their eyes. You know, I mean, this game is, I mean, the high noon game, as you well know, it's difficult to sometimes get your motor running that early. Um, and so I think the team that comes out with their hair on fire right out of the chute is actually going to have the, the advantage. I think that Clemson over the last few weeks, by not turning the ball over in opening drives, second drives, things of that nature, by securing the football, it allowed them to put points up on Louisville and Miami. And, and th those were the things that they were putting teams away by halftime. And I think that if South Carolina has a chance, they better go into halftime with this thing knotted up or real close. Yeah. Because Clemson's a second-half team, and they always have been. And um, so it, it, uh, it is imperative for South Carolina to start fast. And, uh, and Clemson, I think they'll have to weather the storm a little bit early on. But um, – that's why we play the game, man. And you know, nobody really knows. Mm. Um, typically, the better team wins in this series, typically. But we also know that there's there's crazy things that happen in rivalry games all the time. And so that's why, you know, we're going to put our best 11. They're going to put their best 11. And we'll find out what happens. Uh, let me ask you real quick, Will, too, before we get to the last part. As a guy that played a lot of afternoon games at Clemson, in the fourth quarter, and by the fourth quarter of this game, It'll be 3.15, moving towards 3.30. The sun will right. be back over the, over the west zone area. So do you want, as an offensive team, do you want the sun in front of you? Heading, you do you want to be heading towards the sun, or do you want to be heading away from the sun? Where is the, who's got the advantage from that standpoint? If it's a, you now are, I know it could yeah, be a cloudy I mean, day. It could be a cloudy kind of rainy day, and we might not have any sun. Well, I mean, you always want the sun to your back. Um, uh, you know, typically. But now here's the here's the caveat to that, okay? The caveat to that is when you're throwing the ball downfield and a receiver has to turn around and stare right into the sun. Right. That's a problem, okay? But as far as a running attack and keeping everything going forward, the sun to your back is absolutely um, uh, imperative. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I've, I've looked at the weather. Uh, they were asking me about that last night uh, down in Greenwood. You know, I, I think if it does rain, uh, if it is a rainy, cloudy day, that bodes well for Clemson and their running attack and getting Shipley going. And so I don't know that the sun will be a huge factor, but I can promise you there's a lot of thought that goes into that about, you know, coin tosses and deferring to the second half and things things like that. All right. Carl, what's your, uh, what's your greatest memory of playing Clemson in Death Valley? Wow, I guess you have to go. That's probably was the '84 game. Mm. That 
it was the it was the probably one of the best plays I made in my life that I never made mm. that won, that won the football game for Clemson was uh, coming out of their end zone right before halftime and. I was like, uh-oh, I've seen this lineup before, so I keyed a little bit to the outside. Quarterback went back to throw it, looked at me, and like, oh, I can't throw it. And he tucked the ball and turned around and got ready to throw it somewhere else. And by the time he looked around, Tony got and hit him in the end zone for a sack. And you caused that. That's the best play I never made. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. All right. Uh, Before we go, the last rivalry meter reading of the season this has been a lot of fun all season long so uh carl what you got on the rivalry meter tonight based on what happened last weekend and what you're thinking tonight well golly based on last weekend and based on my grandma i'm talking about you know how deaths come in threes we beat them in basketball beings and women so i guess it's time for us to beat them in football so that that'll give us three on steps so I'm at my highest point all year long, man. I'm at a seven. You're at a seven. I'm at a seven. Will, what you got? Well, I've learned a long time ago, you never argue with a grandmother, so she might have something figured out. But <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I started the season at a 10. I'm finishing the season at a 10. Yeah, you've been you pretty know, steady I, with that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think if Clemson plays their best and South Carolina plays their best, Clemson's the better football team. And and I just I firmly believe that wholeheartedly. Guys, thank you so much. I tell you what, let's do it again next week. Put the wrap on it after it. the rivalry game. But you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving with your friends and families. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. All right. Y'all be blessed. See you. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Carl. So Carl's up to a seven. And Will sticking with a 10 as he has been from the get-go. Those guys have been fantastic all season. We appreciate them being with us here on Sports Talk. Going to hit the break and come back and wrap things up on this Tuesday edition. Don't forget, we're back tomorrow night, off on Thursday, and on Friday, coming to you from Dave & Buster's up in Greenville. If you're up that way, please come by and see us. Love to say hello, and we'll be back in a moment. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of...
the member-owned electric cooperatives. And as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Uh, USC women playing basketball tonight, wrapping up their four-game road trip, trying to go 4-0, and playing uh, Cal Poly out there in uh, Los Angeles, tipping off here uh, in just a, just a few minutes. And um, let's go to Gamecock Larry, who has uh, dialed us back up. Oh, by the way, let me say this real quick. I know there was a television reporter in Mississippi who reported last night that Lane Kiffin's going to be the new coach at Auburn. And Lane Kiffin fired back at him, and others have, of course. I believe the reporter 100%. This is the guy that broke the story on Cohen going from Mississippi State to Auburn. And now he's reporting this story. Makes sense to me. Lane Kiffin didn't come out and come at him viciously, kind of came at him playfully. Didn't deny it, you know, in his tweet. Just kind of just kind of said, hey, you know, if I'm leaving, I'll be the first to announce it or something like that. Well, I, th- I believe this guy. I think he's probably got his information right. I imagine after the Egg Bowl, is that on Friday, the Egg Bowl? Thursday. I, I, Thursday night. Is, is it Thursday? Well, after the Iron Bowl. They won't do anything till after the Iron Bowl. But I certainly uh, looks like looks like to me. Look, there are no Dick Sheridans out there. Dick Sheridan was going to go from Furman to Georgia uh, to replace, I can't, was it Vince or, or maybe the, whoever came after Vince? He, he was going to go from Georgia, uh, Furman to Georgia until the AJC broke the story in advance of the official press conference. And then he backed out because of that. There aren't many Dick Sheridans out there who would do that. So uh, I, I, I guess there's a good reason why he be, he believes Auburn's a better job than Ole Miss. Um, seems to me you can get to a national championship at Ole Miss if you don't lose games. You're right there knocking on the door. You can attract great talent. I guess he feels like he can attract greater talent, and maybe the contract's just going to be so awesome that he can't he can't turn it down. Uh, Gamecock Larry, you are with us here. Got about a minute and a half. Welcome in, sir. Okay, I'm going to call you tomorrow, Michael. I got a lot to talk to you Clemson fans. I hear all you Clemson fans talking, but I am still laughing. And I'll be laughing Saturday afternoon from about 1 o'clock on. I'll be laughing. All you Clemson fans, talk all the trash you want to. Tiger Rag Tim, go ahead and call me at 1158 at night and leave me a message. Because I ain't going to worry about you. Boy, I tell you, you people call you late at night, Larry. Are you a night owl or something? They don't want to talk to me. That's why. They know I'm asleep. I don't <laughs> see my phone the next morning when I wake up. I see my phone blinking, so I know I got something on there. Mm. Well, Ty Rag Tim, you're going to need more than a rag Saturday afternoon about 4.30. You're going to need a bed sheet because we're going to take it to you. And I'm going to call you tomorrow, right. uh, Phil. And all I got to say Oh, Gamecock Larry is Gamecock. Okay. Good night, nurse. <laughs> Gamecock Larry. 
should have been up at Clemson today. They had about, I don't know, 15 or 20 senior citizen types who were sitting in. Yeah, Dabo welcomes them in. I don't I guess they're Clemson people. But they were older types, senior citizen types. They were very nice sitting there listening to Dabo. But I'm just saying Gamecock Larry would fit in quite well there. That'll do it. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great night. Thank you, Pat. Good night, everybody.